छिला गुरुदेव की जय श्रीमन महाप्रभु की जय श्री हरिनाम संकीर्तन की जय श्री राधा सरक बिहारी जी की जय श्री श्री गोदराधर की जय श्री गिरिराज महाराज की जय श्री श्री भगवान की जय श्री सचनंद ठाकुर भक्त की जय गौर भक्तवृंद की जय गौर प्रमाणकम कंटिन्यूंग the raga mark very unique combination of elements shrimadev raga mark takur bhakti you know they're not just elements <laughs> everything is personified but certain ingredients that sometimes we may not think of them as creating proper masala if you will but they are pretty tasty we have been seeing these days you know so there is a way to in other words there's a way to to approach uh someone like sunishim bhagavan in the context of ragamark if we go if we approach him by the hand of someone like takur bhakt you know everything is possible something like this <laughs> so so yesterday we were studying the second verse of five that sri takur bhakt you know presented where he was praying uh, to be again free from fear free from disturbance free from obstacles and, and therefore trying being able to worship shri shri radha and krishna in, in raj oh good point <laughs> thank you sumati sorry i'm now back <laughs> or maybe i spoke for 3 hours there my even though i speak nothing is coming here Oh, no, I'm speaking. Thank you, Sumati. Oh, now I see eleven messages in the chat. <laughs> All the messages. Maharaj, you are muted. You are muted. There is no sound. You are muted. Maharaj, you are muted. Sorry, Sakirati. Maharaj, Maharaj, Maharaj. <laughs> Please give us some nectar, Maharaj. <laughs> I'm so cruel. Sorry for that. <laughs> Thank God we have cell phones also. Yeah. Well, she called me um, yesterday too. I did no, the same no, thing no. yesterday, no? No. Oh. No, she, I knew it was. I had a feeling it was about the talk because she okay. called. Yeah, because nobody called. We'll be speaking for an hour. Sixteen thousand hundred and eight messages. So well, what? A, here we are. Here we are. Wishing her one kiss. So yeah. Takur Bhaktino was praying yesterday, trying to uh, crying, as we mentioned. No? Each one of these words were special, were powerful. When, just when, we can stop the whole series in that when, <laughs> coming from someone like Takur Bhaktino, when or when that day will be mine. I'm crying, I'm praying, at the feet of Sri Nishimha Bhagavan, trying to to gain entrance into the service of Sisirada Madhav in in the land of Nadia. So again, a very unique. combination of of prospects so we will try to also unpack in these days that but today we will continue with the first uh, the third verse sorry which is again an elaboration of the previous ones and now pralad maharaj will officially enter into the stage if you will although we have been speaking about him yesterday and the importance of all what that pralad represents do you remember regarding this uh foundation to the temple of bhakti rasa on the context of santa rasa's the invisible foundation no we may say oh there's no santa rasa is there in the foundation you can to dig a hole and it will be there <laughs> which makes the whole project sustainable by in the context of self selflessness and universal compassion and absence of victim consciousness also we spoke about that to prahlad personifies all that and in this verse he will officially appear among us so the verse is like this jadya pibishana murti dushta jiva prati praladhadi krishna bhakta jane bhadrayati 
crucial terms one after the other. Sri Thakur Bhaktino says, even though Sri Narasimha is terrifying toward the sinful souls, he is very gentle with devotees like Prahlad. When will he be pleased and make this poor, foolish soul fearless with his compassionate words? That's the prayer. And this is verse 38 in the Navadvip Baba Taranga. This is the third of five prayers by Thakur Bhakti Nathanishrimha Bhagavan in the pursuit of the Raga Mark, hmm? trying to really be uh, card-carrying members of the Raganuga Sampradaya, which is not about just carrying a card, <laughs> but carrying something inside of our hearts. So, hmm? But again, all this is in the context of Clean our heart, purifying ourselves in the context of pursuing the highest ideal given by hmm, our Rupa Noga Sampradaya. Hmm. So let's try to go, go word by word a little bit of this verse. The first line says, Yadhyapi Vishana Murti Dusta Jiva Prati. So Yadhyapi means like, although so he will create this contrast, how Srimhadev is uh, seen by different people. Vishana hmm. Murti. Vishnamurti means the embodiment of terror. <laughs> so you can imagine. What's your name? Embodiment of terror. My pleasure. Is it like, okay. <laughs> if you approach him with certain particular desire, you will receive that <laughs> greeting. Vishnamurti, the embodiment of terror. Dusta Jiva Prati. He then said, Prati too, Dusta Jiva. Dusta means wretched is in English like the sinful sinful souls so to the sinful souls Srimha Bhagavan is the embodiment of terror because as you may imagine he's the personification of what the enemy of, of our Nartas let's say so if you are attached to that well pre prepare because your guts will be flying here and there <laughs> as we spoke the other day all this ingrained and artists are inside of us like our gods. And, and we sometimes let our lives let our lives be led by what our gods tell. <laughs> but sometimes those gods are are to be used as garland for nursing <laughs> in the context of being taken off. So the second line gives a contrast. On one side he's the personification of terror for those <clears throat> Sinful souls. Uh, of course, we will speak about what means sinful souls. And then, Praladadi Krishna Bhakta Jani Bhadrayati. On another side, Praladadi, which, which means Pralad, etc., or those like Pralad, in relation to those like Pralad, Krishna Bhakta, he's further qualifying Krishna Bhakta Jani, those who are devotees of Krishna, Bhadra, Bhadrayati. So, Bhadra means auspicious, basically. Now we have Subhadra, Bhadra. Balabhadra, so many Badras, so much, so much auspiciousness. So he is extremely Badra Ati. Hmm. Similar to Subhadra, so means like too much. I mean, it's never too much. <laughs> so Badra Ati, extremely auspicious, extremely like gentle, kind, compassionate. As we know how Srimadev became when Prahlad entered the scene, we will speak about that. So he, he presents that particular situation, that particular portal and then comes the prayer in connection to that Thakur Bhaktivinoda very humbly will identify himself with I'm of the first group <laughs> as we say yesterday I'm closer to Ranyakashipu than to Prahlad so how can I by the grace of Nishinha be taken closer to those like Prahlad so he says Kavi Bhaprasana Hoye Sakripa Bhachane so Kavi again when <laughs> When or when. So again, all, all these words, when, carries this implication of hope. Again, do you realize I'm in this particular situation and place, but I know this is my place to be, this is my potential waiting for me, this is my, my real home, 
as well as Sian Maharaj will say, the, 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 the Pranava Om means yes. It's a confirmation that that you are looking for exists. Your potential is waiting for you somewhere, if you will. So when? Many of these prayers will be accompanied by this idea of when. To Kavi Bhav Prasanna Hai. Prasanna Hai means be pleased. When he will be pleased. Sakripa Bhachane. So he will share with me Kripa Bhachana. Bhachana means conversation, words. And Kripa means Kripa. <laughs> Even no need for translating. The very word sounds nice like this. Like it is. Kripa. Kripa Bhachana. That should be our... Of course, this isn't a proper concept. I, I'm asking Mr. Hadad, give me merciful words. It doesn't mean, like, tell me something nice to my ears. <laughs> you know that you go to the sadhu and say, please say something compassionate to me. And, and you already know what he should be saying. No, it's not like that. <laughs> Compassion may come in the form of some no? compassionate slapping, you say? <laughs> or some caressing may take different forms till a proper one says that if the guru is slapping you <laughs> that hurt or <laughs> or if he's caressing you in both cases he's giving his mercy her mercy you, you shouldn't make a difference oh this one hurt this was more, more like, oh mm. it's coming from the same source the source is important it's not matter the form it takes I want the connection with the quality source or we can go of course go beyond that and say the chastisement is a special sign of mercy Bartsana Kripa Lakshan says chastisement is a special symptom of mercy. of course this is not promotion of masochism and the guru will beat the disciples to death in the name of being affectionate I'm not saying anything that is dysfunctional or abusive but there is place for confidence like we were speaking the other day in the Brahma Gita, Sri is speaking so intensely to Krishna, like calling him names from tip to toe. But why she can speak in that way? Because no one like her loves him that much. So when you really love someone, you can really chastise that person. You follow my point? Really, in, the, in a real sense. Real chastisement is just, just cruelty. But it's, it's another way of showing your love. I mean, if, if your guru chastises you and you know he loves you, I mean, that chastisement is like free, precious, basically. So let's say will say that. Oh, Guru, they chastise me. He considers me his property. Conclusion, I'm saved, he said. <laughs> My guru took the, the stance to chastise me. That means he considers me his property. So that's all. I started to celebrate. <laughs> so when Bhaktivinoda Thakur said, Nisrim Hadev engaged in Kripa Vajna to me, say some merciful word. Doesn't mean, like, oh, you are so nice, or again, promoting victim consciousness. Oh, poor of you, I will. Whatever is mercy for my particular situation, I, I will take it. Whatever treatment is required, I'll take it. And last line, Nirbhaya, Karibe E Muda Akinchane. So he kind of expresses what does he mean when he says Kripa Bhachana. Many Srinhadev speak to me words of mercy. Nirbhai, may he free me from bhai, may me make, he make me nirbhai, free from fear. Again, fear will start coming to this scene over and over again. Because again, Srinhadev is the deity of no fear. You have this quote, no fear. So, Of course, Prahlad Maharaj is the personification of that. As we say, Viranyakasipu is the anti-personification of that. <laughs> And Srimadev is the bestower of that, if you will. So nearby, Karibe. Karibe means like make me. It implies action. So make me a muda. This fool is this fool that is trying to approach you. Make this fool fearless. Make this fool fearless. And akinchane. Important word also. Akinchane. So that akinchane means many things, we could translate it as like free from material possessions, but some other implications are there in the word akinchana. <clears throat> also, of course, akinchana can be expressed like poor, and you can express it, the idea of like 
I'm a, a wretched, fallen, poor soul. So you can have a quote-unquote negative connotation. We will see that if you, are, if you really feel yourself a kinchen, in that sense, you will become a kinchen in another sense. That we will see. So th- that, that's kind of the mercy that Thakur Bhaktivedanta is asking for. Make me poor. I mean, I'm poor. I'm feeling safe, but I make me poor in another sense, we will see. <laughs> I'm free me from fear, please. So those are the compassionate words. That's the idea. I mean, if you speak compassionate words to me, please, that will be in the direction of nearby, Akinchen, and so on. So, of course, all, all these words from the Thakur are, are a very merciful invitation from him to us to... to to leave the comfort zone, as you can imagine. Because the very idea of living fear, actually becoming nearby, being free from fear, means get out of your comfort zone. It's an important point that we need to, inter- to, to understand somehow or other. To remain in the comfort zone means remain fearful. Although comfort zone doesn't feel like that. <laughs> we are afraid of getting out of the comfort zone. <laughs> That's the, par- the paradox, no? I'm terrified about leaving my comfort zone. But actually, fear is there in what you feel as comfortable, in, in a mediocre way. No? So, <clears throat> sometimes, one, sometimes our main deliberate efforts are to remain in the comfort zone. While Bhaktivinoda Thakur here is hinting, all your efforts should be in the direction of leaving the comfort zone and entering real comfort. I mean, it's not that Bhakti is about feeling uncomfortable and torture or something, but understanding what's real comfort. Srila mm-hmm. Maharaj will use the expression home comfort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> home comfort. That's real comfort. As much as you are getting closer home, getting closer home, that's real comfort. Mm-hmm. So again, in that sense we may be closer to Iranya Kashipu. Now, now go to the meaning of Iranya Kashipu. Soft bed means comfort zone, basically. <laughs> no? Comfort zone. I'm in my soft, silken bed with nice mattress. and So it means comfort zone, basically. It's not only... You, are, you may be also attached to your silken bed, if you have it, <laughs> but, but you may be carrying a, 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 an archetypal of silken, silken bed wherever you go, not trying to abandon that so-called protected area, and gold, all gold, soft bed, comfort zone, basically. Complacency, we may say also in English. And of course, Prahlad represents the other thing, as you know. Prahlad is just out of comfort zone. He's going through so many situations that you cannot call them comfort zone. (laughs) One heavier than the the previous one. But he remains home, at home, because he remains... That's, that's the, par- the paradox. Prahlad is always calm, peaceful, in comfort, in the midst of the worst possible scenario. Try to think you have to go through what Prahlad was going, or your five-year-old kid has to go through that. <laughs> and Prahlad just, the only thing that happened in Prahlad was his faith was increasing, his shelter was increasing. And on the other side, Irani Kishipu, ruling all the universes, soft bed, gold, whatever, full of fear. Increasing, increasingly, exponentially. Mm-hmm. So, again, our challenge is to get closer to Prahlad, mm-hmm. to get out of the comfort zone of the soft bed and entering the, the home, home comfort that Prahlad Maharaj represents. Mm-hmm. To be courageous enough to, to take up that challenge. And Nusrim Hadev will be especially affectionate to those who take that stance, basically. That's the whole idea. And to those who are up high, as we mentioned. Irani Kishipu is personification of high, fear. Not wanting to know what's beyond my comfort zone. Someone wants to leave the comfort (laughs) uncomfort zone. (laughs) So... So, in other words, Nisrim Hadeh will be very merciful to those who had the courage to enter into the realm of paradox, to the realm of the unknown, the mysterious, as they call in Latin, mysterium tremendum, 
<laughs> the very term is already scary. <laughs> what to, what, what to, what to, if we enter there, actually. <laughs> and again, we shouldn't be scared. The point is, fear is, we were speaking about that yesterday when we were coming back from the lecture, fear, about the concept of fear. It's all-pervading symptom in, 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 in this world. We, we may even not know why we are fearful. I mean, we may feel fear sometimes without knowing the real reason for that or and we may be fearful about finding out the reason. <laughs> so we maybe have fear in connection to, to fear, to the fear we experiment. But we need to to overcome fear because if, again fear suspicion leads to suspension. We will become just like some doll or whatever. And, and as, as Guru Maharaj will say, faith on the other side is the animating principle. So you have faith as animating principle and fear as the, what's the opposite of animating? Paralyzing, Paralyzing principle. So you choose. <laughs> you have to be a person with, you say in English, with principles in your life. I have principles. So are your principles animating or paralyzing? <laughs> because we can say so many things, but we have to really enter into the animation. Basically, Krishna Lila is a realm of anime. Everything is so animated, so dynamic, so moving, so dancing. We hear in Golok, every dance is, is, every step is a dance, every word is a song. Animating principle. There's no paralyzing there. No, no chance. Krishna is, as we spoke today, so much to do in the context of Lila Seva. Krishna is awakened 24 7, basically. So much. There's no fear at the ponies. There's no obstacle. There's nothing that is stopping the movement there. So, real transcendence, entering, approaching transcendence has to do with accepting to deal with the unknown, wanting to, to embrace whatever remains to be known, acknowledged inside of us. As we say yesterday, no hypocrisy, no victim consciousness. If not, we are Kali Chela, just only that. Bhaktivinoda referred to that term. Kali Chela means disciples of Kali Yuga, basically, will be. You can inhabit Kali Yuga, but it's your choice to be a disciple of not in this age <laughs> that is predominated by hypocrisy and victim consciousness. So, Kali Chela or Pralat Chela? Followers of Prahlad. Remember, Prahlad Maharaj had all the perfect, quote unquote, reasons to be a traumatized child. My parents wanted to kill me from day one, and he gave me drink to drink poison and threw me to a cliff and sent me. But you know all the things that he had to go through. I mean, he can do like. He can be invited by Archon and Sidi to the interviews. <laughs> So he didn't, no, Prahlad Maharaj didn't victimize himself. Actually, the more obstacles he received, the more compassionate he became, and he was praying for his father, please, Bhagavan. He, he didn't ask anything for himself at any single moment. He only asked something for his father, if you will. So, are for others as well. So, and so, man, so again, he went through so much uncomfort, if you will, but that only increased his merciful disposition. And as we say yesterday, similarly, the role of the guru in a healthy way is to uh, disturb us. <laughs> well, guru Maharaj will say that. He said that to us. He himself is the guru. And he's saying, my role is this to disturb you. And we are like, they're like, okay. <laughs> to disturb you in a healthy way. No, not just for disturbance sake, but just to make you think deeply and to make you not be so sure that you already know how to do everything and that everything is in, in your, how you say, in your grasp? Not necessarily. There are more things that we ignore than the ones we know. There are so many things that are out of our, out of our, our control that the ones we can control. So we are tiny. <laughs> and the role of the Guru is trying to humble us 
and move us in different experiences, in different moments, to realize how many nuanced angles of view are in reality and how willing we should be to accept all of them. Because again, we are, we are trying to love God, try to imagine how overwhelming project is that. It's not just I will go to the grocery and buy some carrots. No, <laughs> I want to, to approach the infinite. So, I mean, no limit to which possibilities can be there. And especially if you embrace the Gaudiya's Vedanta perspective, that's even more unlimited. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's important that we are willing basically to be to be schooled mm, by, by higher realms. Nisrim Hadev himself it said he's the chakra of, of Bhagavan, personified. Have you heard that idea? He's a chakra. So what sometimes the chakra is called Sudarshana. Sudarshana. So what does it mean, Sudarshana? It's not just some disc that we will behead everyone and it becomes like a gore, a sin and <laughs> Sudarshana means proper vision. Darshan means vision. Su means correct, proper. So Sudarshan, the beheading is basically I'm replacing the wicked ideas, the wrong conceptions you have, and putting a new one. That's become symbolized with so many heads rolling on the ground <laughs> and, and, and currents of blood or whatever, but go to the point. No? Sudarshan is I, I'm replacing your vision for the proper way. I give you your proper eyes and give you proper conception. Sambanda, Avideya, Rayoja, whatever. Proper vision. And the Guru, in that sense, is a representative of Nishri Mahadev. He's carrying the, the discus with his achar, prachar, <laughs> taking us to the comfort zone, educating us. And Simha Guru, sometimes we hear that he's like Nishri Mahadev in that sense. The lion side of the guru, invoking the chakra, connect to the Srinadeva, correcting, providing us of Sudarshana. Sudarshana. And we have to embrace that disc, basically. Even though we may see our own head rolling there. <laughs> you are not your body, you are not your head, no problem. You continue life. <laughs> so we, we are to allow the sadhu to play a significant role in our life. <clears throat> Today I was sharing this idea that came to my mind some some days ago when when, when I'm writing some stuff. So uh, my guru Maharaj at one point said that if he offered himself to to check the, the material. So basically to edit that, it was like okay, that will be interesting. <laughs> um, I try to write that in his service, so in one sense, it's, I don't feel it's my book, my thing. So, of course, he can do whatever he likes with that. So, but of course, it's it's challenging because <laughs> I remember Guru started to edit the first chapter, and, and he almost suggested me to delete half of it, <laughs> and I was like. Okay, I, I signed it, signed the contract, so I will I will keep on that because I trust his vision, Sudarshana. But you feel like oh, huh? because the book is, for me represented like an extension of myself. That's a symbol, like no, I'm I wrote that, put ideas, time, energy, inspiration, and Gurudev comes and say, that's not necessary. That's not helping to the project. So let's cut that out. I'm like, oh, but Guru, that was my favorite paragraph. <laughs> it's not adding to the whole thing. No, no, cut that out. He's editing me, actually. He's not editing the book. I will fill in that. He's the editor-in-chief of my, my own self. <laughs> He's editing the book, but the role of the Guru is editor-in-chief, you say in English? Mm-hmm. And we have, our disciples are to allow ourselves to be edited. Because he was telling me, Whatever I'm suggesting, and, and, and it made perfect sense, of course, is so the book is, becomes more readable. No? He was suggested many things in the context of being more cons- conciseness. Mm. 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 I have a lot of problems with that, as you can see. I, can, I speak a lot. <laughs> so, conciseness. 
mm, and more readability, whatever. So I was thinking, yeah, that similarly, that's a parallel situation that was going on simultaneously within my inner self. The guru is trying to edit me to make myself more readable. So I can read my own self better. I don't have it too much clear how to read myself, how to acknowledge what's going on there. I'm more concise. Simplicity has its advantages. There are so many things that are in excess. Excess there. So get rid of this, get rid of that. And I remember Guru Mas told me, you won't lose anything. I, I will edit many things, but the, the most important part will remain there. You won't lose the, the important part. <laughs> and that's the important thing. The point is, I'm, I do I care to not lose the important part, or I'm more concerned about remaining with the other stuff that I know it's non-essential. So, of course, we may be concerned about the two things, a little bit here, a little bit there. <laughs> but in time our relationship with Sri Guru should be in the direction of being more and more concerned with only the essentials and the Guru will be cutting and editing and pasting whatever and trying to only make the essential section remain. The project will become readable. <laughs> so this has to do with Nrsimhadev as well. Again, in one sense Sri Guru is not different from Krishna. There is one side to that. Sakshat So in one sense, the Guru's Nisrim Hadev is not different from Krishna. So the Guru is not different from Nisrim Hadev in that, in that particular sense, one of the two sides of the equation. So every, my point is, all the things that we are speaking in these lectures about Nisrim Hadev, in practical terms, also apply in our relationship with the Guru and the Sadhu. So it's not that I have to expect Nisrim Hadev to appear from, from this particular, just be careful, just in case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It may happen if you have the vision of Prahlad, it's already there. <laughs> uh, but the point is, it, the particular appearance of Narahari will take form in our daily life in form of their representatives, you know, their agents, the sadhus. And they were trying to, as Bhakti Nautakur said, it, they will make us fearless with their compassionate words. But again, if we are willing to do so, because sometimes the sadhu will speak compassionately, and if we are not properly situated, that may increase our fear. <laughs> because compassionate words from the South invite in the direction of surrender and serenagati. And so we are to feel at home with that prospect. <laughs> and serenagati should really, whenever you, we hear the word serenagati, we should feel it at home. Like protect us, like oh, blessed. That someone say, even say the word serenagati. reminded me that some something like this exists. That's what will free me from all fear, actually. So fear is there again. Fear is there from tip to toe, from day one, immaterial existence. And as we say, generally we are quite... It's interesting because in this world we mis- misread reality to the point that we feel we will be loved only if we are perfect. So there is fear in that calculation. I am fearful not to be loved. So since the, it seems that the rule in this world is to show myself as perfect, I will show myself as perfect, so I am loved. But the background of all that is fear. <laughs> so with such a background of fear, how do you expect that all that converges into love? I mean, it's the exact opposite, basically, one thing with the other. But sometimes we move in this world like this. No? I have to show perf- I mean, I know I'm not perfect. No, nobody's perfect. But let's make the show. Let's, up- let's upload the, the Instagram picture of the day with all the layers of Photoshop and what I'm perfect. Mm-hmm. By the way, nice pictures. Of Poland. <laughs> of course, nice. Some layers of perfection there. It's okay. No problem. You can continue with that. <laughs> I was not pointing to you when I gave this example. <clears throat> but as we say always, no, I mean, we want to be... Real love is unconditional. To be, so real love, we, we have to look for unconditional circumstances. Uh, we are re- receiving that. We are being loved unconditionally, and that's so hard to accept. Because it's so ingrained in us that... I mean, it's something else. And so, so generally, we might think, no, I have to be like this in order to... And there's all this game of deserving, 
merit and justice, but this is whole hoax. And even we may, as we were speaking today earlier, we may project that idea into the realm of the sadhus. You know, like, for example, I'm with one sadhu, and I will love him or her and have faith and serve and surrender only as much as that person remains perfect. But when I realize that person maybe makes a mistake, oh, I realize I'm not ready to offer unconditional service because that person is no longer perfect as I thought so. But the idea of unconditional service is no matter if the other is perfect. <laughs> so, and we are receiving again unconditional love by Sri Guru, the Vaishnavas. So we are to respond ideally in this, with the same currency, with unconditionality. So Bhakti Thakur is praying, please free me for, from fear. We'll say like, free me from all those things that make my love conditional not unconditional, that create obstacles and make my love a calculated business or whatever. Like, like the need to be validated by the environment, by showing ourselves in a particular... I mean, unconditional environment, that's, that won't be there. Unconditional love, you... I mean, unconditional love already validates you in the best possible way. You follow. If you are in front of a person that has unconditional love, that unconditional love is validating your real sense of identity like nothing else. And when you are with someone that is only conditional, you need to make a whole show no? so the other person loves you, accepts you, and you feel, okay, now I'm doing fine, now I'm doing fine, but I have to keep the show, I'm doing fine, I'm doing fine, I have to update the character, I'm doing fine, and everyone loves me. It's like... Uh. At the end of the day, when you're with your pillow, I mean, you're going crazy. <laughs> so we need a rest for such an exhaustive journey. And that's when we reach the feet of someone with unconditional love. Well, we can just be the disaster we are. <laughs> if you will, the disaster, but with the brightest potential. Well, that, that's, that's a sadaka, a disaster with the brightest potential. <laughs> And of course, the sadhu will see the side of the brightest potential. He was just not be pointing. Oh, you are still a disaster. You are look. No, no. The sadhu will see. Oh, Sri Sarma said that. That's one of my, my favorite quotes from him. He said, "Your future is brilliant." That's his quote, coming from someone like him that has lots of meaning, <laughs> because it seems it means he's seeing that in you. If he's saying to you, try to hear, try to imagine Sri Sarma saying that to you. Your future is brilliant. And we may have so many excuses to say, no, no, Maharaj, it's not brilliant because of this and this and this. No matter, as much as you say all those things, he will, with more strength, say, your future is brilliant. I'm seeing that. Trust my vision. <laughs> you are seeing all this long list of stuff. I'm seeing your future is brilliant. Try to get cold of what the sad is seeing in you, basically. And what they represent, as, as he himself said, the guru is your own potential appearing before your own eyes. The sadhu is your own potential embodied, showing, oh, this is all you can be, come in. <laughs> so again, when we reach the feet of unconditional love, that's the most validating experience we can see, because unconditional love really validates our real existence as soul, as soul's and in connection with the potential of the soul. <clears throat> so if we remain in that line, there's nothing to fear, basically. Nursing Hadev won't be fearful. We don't have to be trembling or something. But if we choose to retain some separate agenda, as much as we do so, okay, there will be some trembling here and there. The Srim Hadev may appear, but often... Like our Guru Maharaj shares the example when he, when he appeared and when he killed the very personification of material desire and artists, Hiranyaka when he was in this Ugra mode, he will share that all the devas were there and came and offered prayers to Narahari, Bhagavan. But his Ugran, Ugraness, his anger kept increasing. So the devas at one point were like afraid. Because they got this, this insight. They realized, oh, Nishrim Hadev is so angry because 
he gets angry at separate interest, as material, at material desire, Iranian, because it was a personification of that. So he entered into that mood to destroy selfish desire, which is glorious. <laughs> we need some intense intensity in order to deal with all those things. As Srila Prabhupada once said to our Guru Maharaj, I came to your country as an aggressor. <laughs> and Guru Maharaj said, thank you. <laughs> so, we need some healthy violence in that context. So Nisrim Hadeh was in that mood because material desire invited him to enter into that mood, so he did what was necessary. And the Devas were there. They were not Irani Kashipu. They were part of the good guys. <laughs> but at the same time, the Devas are Sakama Bhakta. Which means they are devotees, but they will call Krishna when they have some problem, let's say. They are really clearly depicted along the along Shastra. No? The Asuras are making them part, and the Devas will go and pray to the milk ocean here, or help us, Bhagavan, please. And, which is okay, again, as we say yesterday, at least they go to Bhagavan. They are aware of him in a particular context. But they are Sakama Bhaktas, they are not Nishkam. So Sakam means still there is fear, still there is uh, there's not full peace. Krishna Bhakta Nishkama Taiva Santa Bhukti Mukti Siddhi Kami Sakalya Santa. So the more as much as you have separate interest, you are asanta. Asanta means what? Non non pralat. <laughs> you are not in peace. And Krishna Bhakta Nishkam. As the more you are free from selfish desire, the more you are in peace. So that's a good way of measuring your inner world. If you are not in peace, try to not blame the circumstances outside of you again, but try to see where, how, where, where are my desires reposing. So the devas had some material desire, and they saw Nishrim Hadev is so angry regard, related to material desire, and we have material desire. And he acted like this with Iranya Kashipu, who is a personification of material desire. We don't, we are not like Iranya Kashipu, but we have some, the devas concluded, some Iranya Kashipu in us, some material desire. He may not tear apart our chest, but maybe, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> so all the devas were fearful as well. Because they knew we have material desire. So the point is, you have material desire you will be fearful. Because, of course, whatever you desire materially, you cannot keep it, and that creates a whole circle of anxiety. And on the contrary, after you know, and, and all the devas were totally paralyzed, again, not animated, but paralyzed, <laughs> in front of Ugar and and they didn't know what to do to pacify him. Even Lakshmi Devi said, I've never met my, see my husband like this. <laughs> He has his days, but never like this. Oh my God. <laughs> so eventually they concluded, Prahlad, do something. I mean, save us. It seems that he will destroy the whole universe. Do something. So Prahlad just walked by spontaneously, naturally, without calculation, without fear, and just walked to Nishim Hadiva and jumped on his lap. And only by the immediate contact with Pralat Nishrimadev enter into a totally different frequency. And as we know, started to lick Pralat. He found Pralat so so worthy of being licked. <laughs> so much sweetness was there, so much love, so much purity. So the unconditional love, again, non unrestricted. Flowing through the pores of Prahlad. So Nishrinadev said, I have to relish this. <laughs> he relished Irani Kasipu in another way. <laughs> According to the particular circumstance, he, he honored that principle, but with Prahlad, to take the nest in another way. So, again, if we, get, if we want to get closer to, to Prahlad Maharaj, we need to, to touch, to contact this unconditionality. Not fear. Mm-hmm. I'm becoming as as Bhaktinotakur prays here. Akinchana. So that's a very nice word. Scary sometimes also. 
Kinchana is sometimes also a name given to the renunciants, which means without possession. There's this famous verse in in the Bhagavatam, in, in the prayers of Kunti Devi, how, how does it say? Janmai Shwari Sruta Sri Viredamana Madampumam Nai Barhatya Vidatum Bhai Tuama Kinchana Gocharam. So she say, Janma Aishwarya Sruta Sri Vi. So good birth, Janma Aishwarya, wealth, opulence, Sruta, knowledge, Sri, beauty. When one is too much still entertained with all things, they cannot pray to you from a sincere place in their hearts. Not full. There are too much distraction, if you will. And she says, unless Prabhupada translated, unless they become materially exhausted, they won't approach you with a sincere heart. <laughs> so again, please do not be scared. All of you are too serious now. <laughs> materially exhausted. That's an interesting. He translates akinchan as materially exhausted, which I, of course, carry out the implications of you yourself have to reach the point that you realize this is not working. So I, I'm exhausted from that. I, I went through all the way till I wanted, and it still doesn't work. <laughs> so, because nobody can reach the insight for you. It's not that I will say you blah blah blah. blah. We have to walk the talk. So. <clears throat> so attachment to those things, Jan Maishwarya, Sutras, all this is real poverty, actually. And all this is real foolishness, all this is real fear. This is what being said here by Bhakti Notakur. Again, the idea of fear. You cannot give. The knowledge you get in this world, the beauty you get in this world, <laughs> whatever, whatever you get in this world, you cannot give so. Akinchana means be free from that, become free from... But uh, of course we are not jnanis, we are not vairagis, we are not promoting just getting free from stuff in this world. That could even make our heart harder, says Rupa Goswami, so be careful with that. As we were speaking yesterday, we may even develop some moksha samskar and we would just want to get out from this world and that's not our... I mean, According to our Bhakti Parivar, to have a desire for moksha is an anartha, he says. <laughs> Imagine. It's one of, 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 of fourfold division of material desires. He will, he will categorize that as material desire. You want gross sense enjoyment, you want heavenly delights, you want mystic perfection, you want moksha. Still, the, the, the idea you want is there. So for us, it's like not the idea. But we have to become a kinchana. Bhaktanotakur here is praying, let me become a kinchana. So what does it mean also a kinchana? A kinchana means he whose only possession, kinchana, is a. I mean in English you say a, no? but it's the letter a. What does Krishna say in the Gita? Of all the letters of the alphabet, I am? The letter a. A. So our church say a kinchana also means that. That's the full circle of renunciation, if you will. It's not so just materially exhausted and free from all possessions, but whose only possession, Kinchana, is A, <laughs> Krishna. And that's how you will be free from anything else. Actually, for us, it's, that's the way it works. As much as you get closer to this A, <laughs> all the other letters of the alphabet will fall apart, <laughs> basically. Not the other way around. So we, we are not for full detachment in this world. We are not for full attachment in, the, in this world. Nearby, how, how, how you say the Bhagavatam? Bhakti Yoga Susidida. Nirbhi Nonati Shakto Bhakti Yoga Susidida. For obtaining perfection in Bhakti, you cannot be too attached in this world. You cannot be too detached in this world. Bhakti is the middle path. <laughs> because if you are too detached from this world, you won't be able to engage anything in the service of Krishna. And if you are too attached to this world, you won't be able to engage anything in the service of Krishna. <laughs> you, will, you will engage everything, but not in the service of Krishna. 
And if you are too detached, you won't engage anything. So, middle path. And if you have middle path, bhakti yoga says siddhida. You will obtain bhakti siddhi, the perfection of bhakti. So again, all this that we are speaking is in the context of, of our threading the ragamar, which is a path so much filled with trust and confidence, because it's about Brajalokanusharta, following the footsteps of those who we trust fully. I mean, we are giving their life to those personalities. We're just walking after them. So we need deep trust, deep confidence. That means no fear. <laughs> When you cannot fear Rupa, Goswami, Rupa, Manjari, Subal, you cannot fear them. I mean, you have to follow them for eternity. Sri Guru, Parampara, and so on. It's a unique type of, of trust we are invited to develop. So we have to get free from fear in the context of developing that trust. That, that happens simultaneously. So all, all these prayers have to do with that. Raga Bhakti has not to do with fear. Even sometimes Bhakti, Bhaiti Bhakti is described as implying some type of fear in the sense of if I do not do what scriptures say, what will happen to me? It's a particular type of fear. But as Raga Bhaktas, of course, we may not be perfected Raga Bhaktas, so as, as Jata, Ruchi, Raganoga, Sarakas, some fear may be there yet. So we are to work on that. And Nishrim Hadev is there to help us, basically. <clears throat> so, some ideas I want to share with you today. I may not be extending too much and just gave a three-hour lecture some <laughs> time ago. But, yeah, try to, let's try to be courageous. Again, Prahlad Maharaj represents this courageousness in trying to, to embrace what is needed to embrace. If, if we are not willing to, to, to take that step, that's a... Yeah, that's a variety of... I, that idea came once. Uh, I think you spoke about that recently. That was interesting in, in what you wrote. I found the same conclusion. Sahajism. You have Sahajism in the sense of trying to rush to something that is above your head, or the other variety is you are not willing to rise to the occasion that you should be in now, but you try to remain, insist on remaining a, in kindergarten, if you will, when it's no longer time for you to the pacifier, you say? <laughs> Imagine if I take some pacifiers now and say to, okay, let's have a great time now. You're like... <laughs> but what if I don't do that and some of you just suddenly like... <laughs> so we will like... I mean, all the lecture will be in a uh, particular direction. They're like, okay... <laughs> So we need some, I mean, we laugh, but it's <laughs> tragic comedy, basically, because we do the same on, in, in the spiritual practice. We are about to leave the pacifier, but we continue, so many pacifiers are there. I mean, my God, comfort zone means that, you know, one after the other, after here, pacifier, here, after the other. Distraction, entertainment, pacifier, I want to stop suffering, I want to do, uh, blah, blah, blah. So that's a variety of Sahajism. Because Sahajism is to, to make to want things cheap. You no know, one to be willing to pay the price that particular situation is asking for me. So, and Raganuga Bhakti is all about following Ragatmika Bhaktas. And Ragatmika Bhaktas have been described in the scripture as Aprakrita Sahajas. We have Prakrita Sahajas, we have Sahajas, and we have Aprakrita Sahajas. <laughs> So we are to follow Aprakrita Sahajas, but in order to do so, we have to leave all the other forms of Sahajism. <laughs> so we can enter into real, I mean, there's a real Sahajism. And ultimately, we have to become Sahajas. <laughs> but Aprakrita one. Sahaja means, Sahaja means easy, natural, normal. Ragatmika means that, those who are made of Raga. It's normal for them to just flow in the direction of Krishna, Anukul, Seva. But, and we are to follow them. <laughs> but if the other forms of false Sahajism is there, that's why Prabhupada Bhaktisanta named that Prakrita Sahaja, to make clear there is an Aprakrita version of that. So we don't want the opposite thing. We want the real thing, the Aprakrita version. The one that may seem even mundane, but is super transcendental. But to, our, to, our, to, achieve, to achieve, to follow in the footsteps 
of the Prakrita Sahajas, Ragatmika Bhaktas, in the context of Raganuga Bhakti, we need to get free from all varieties of Sahajis. And again, to remain, let's say, neophytes when it's time to become progressive Vaishnavas, has to be an un, like unhealthy, toxic form of Sahajism and that's preventing us from threading the path. So, again, someone like Prahlad Maharaj, even though he's officially not a Ragavakta, <laughs> he's personifying so many of these elements that we as aspirant Ragavaktas are to, to, to include in our project. So, Prahlad Maharaj Ki Jai. So, we have some minutes. I mean, we have eternity. Anantakatara sim brahmajanmavidanankatara. So, there's no end to what we can say. But I don't know if you have any questions, any contributions to the cause of the rag, some rag marks in today. Each one, of, each one of you have to make your own contribution. You have to be active contributing members. <laughs> it's not just. <laughs> passive voices there. I don't have a question, but just, I, I appreciate the, you talking about editing and the editor, because when you were talking about getting the guru's mercy, and it, sometimes it's painful, mm-hmm. I just, it suddenly hit me that, yeah, the editing process is like that, like we ha- might have peer editing, and that's like, oh, that's nice. What you're doing is, is good. It's good enough. But then if you maybe go to, the, like you said, the editor-in-chief, then things start getting cut out, cut out, <laughs> cut out. And it's, it's a bit more painful mm. um, in that way. And I, I feel quite edited these last few days in a good way. <laughs> you're saying a lot of things and I'm thinking, <laughs> He's figured it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, I appreciate it. Okay. Yeah. We, we want to reach the final product so it's published and becomes a bestseller. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, yeah. Then I May not be a bestseller, but yeah, we, are, but we are for the real audience. Mm-hmm. So even if it's one copy, if we, even if we ourselves will we'll read the final work. <laughs> right, because it, it's getting better, the better version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the daily challenge, how to up, upgrade your ourselves to our best possible version. And yeah, of course, a good editor will also say very good. Well, it's not just cut this, cut that, cut that. <laughs> but the cut this, cut that, cut that is also very good. I mean, it's also part, it's not a tragedy. I, I was reading a book of, on, my Guru Maharaj recommended on, uh, not a Gaudiya Vaishnava book, but a book called The Elements of Style. It has to do with how to write in English. <laughs> so that was part of his editing to me. <laughs> you read this book. <laughs> but there they were speaking also that even the greatest author, they will require editing. And, and please do not feel bad when you realize that your work is in need of major surgery. <laughs> it's not, that's not saying what you wrote is a disaster or this doesn't... It's just that it's part of the process. I mean, it has to be like that. It's like that. Mm-hmm. It's not to be discouraged or, I mean, because sometimes we have that type of weird psychology, you know, I, only if my guru dead, when, or oh, when that day will come when my, my sadhu will, won't have anything else to say about me regarding editing. Why are you expecting for that day to come? Again, it's a symptom of their affection. Relish from that side. <laughs> the intimacy I mean, I can speak for, for myself. I have, I mean, the closest friends in my life are the ones who have spoken to me the strongest words. The strongest words. They were crying. I was crying. <laughs> but I was feeling they loved me. So, tell me all the things you need to tell me. No problem. <laughs> because it may seem, oh, I'm, I'm crying. Stop. You see how I'm... No, no. Please. Continue. <laughs> And the other person was crying also. So. And the relationship gets upgraded, so it's no problem. But we need this type of... At least one person like this in our life. At least one. Hopefully more than one, but if you have one, that's... You're fortunate enough. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. 
I'm aware that you've been speaking for four hours, and I don't want to hurt you by asking something that yeah. may open the portal. But I also want to make a contribution to Rag Bhakti. Please. So. <laughs> Chances to ask a question. Um, not about what you said, but what you didn't say that you said you would say. Okay. Radha Krishna Navadvip. <laughs> He's all for Gorgadadar. Seva. And we are in, in there. Remember first time I came here and I called Subal and say This is what I think it is? Okay. I think I come here more often. <laughs> so here, here I am. Shishi Gorgadadu Kijai. Are you willing to wait till next Friday? Friday? Yeah. <laughs> or I'm asking too much? I mean, I, we can share. I I'll mean, live with a little bit of mud. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that will limit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, you said the name. Yeah, yeah. Enough yeah, yeah. No, because I'm, I'm saying that because next verse um, officially really mentions that point again. He, it already was mentioned in the last class. But, yeah, worship of future Adam Krishna in Navadip. Hmm? For some, unfortunately, that may seem as an oxymoron. <laughs> Unfortunately, because it shouldn't be like that. I mean, like, no, it's Radha and Krishna and Vrindavan, and in Navadu we have Mahaprabhu and Korni Thai only, or whatever. <laughs> but we have to understand the, the oneness and difference all, also between the two abodes and the two manifestations. So when you say Radha and Krishna, I mean, Radha and Krishna and Navadu, who are Radha and Krishna in Navadu? It's like if I say Gorni Thai and Vrindavan. They will be Krishna Valam. So I say Radha and Krishna now live. And Bhaktivinoda is speaking in terms of worshipping them. If you know who are the Istadevs, Istadevatas of Bhaktivinoda you have your answer there. So who is Bhaktivinoda worshipping? You can tell me. <laughs> you can tell Radha and Krishna now, no problem. And we translate that as Sri Sri Gorgadada. Sri Gorgadada Kija. So that's a very unique, interesting <coughs> conception because generally, of course, it's the most, I will say, the most and the most, and I can be one hour saying the most before <laughs> continuing with the next part of the sentence, but the most esoteric aspect of Gaur-lila and Gaur-lila being the most esoteric aspect of Krishna-lila. That's over and over again stated in in Shastra. Mm-hmm. Mahaprabhu is described by Krishna Das Kaviraj in Chaitanya Sritamita's Paratattva Simma, which means the, the ultimate limit of the absolute truth. That's a very interesting way of putting that. After speaking about Krishna, Swayam Bhagavan, and so on, Braja Krishna, Swayam, but Mahaprabhu, Paratattva Simma, the highest reach of Braja Krishna, where the Braja Lila extends itself. <laughs> Which almost degree that we call Gaur Lila. And of course, all its participants engage in that extension as well. So when Radha and Krishna extend themselves, extend their, their, their realm of possibilities in their loving interaction to the utmost degree, that's what we call Gaur Gadadhar. That takes a very cryptic form, which needs to be really addressed in detail. And again, I, I'm not willing to. I mean, Tamil Krishna is tempting me, and, and, and of course that's, that's the, the gift we receive from the sadhus, they tempt us in the direction of Harikata, which is a one-way ticket, if you will. But yeah, on Friday I was planning to, to delve in further detail, but, but try to at least have this little trailer, and hopefully all this week you'll be in, health, in healthy obsession, trying to say what will happen on Friday. Radha and Krishna now with Gorgadada, with this Gorgadada conception about how Radha and Krishna relate to each other in Gorlila, because Gorlila is Krishna Lila, but at the same time it has a different emotional disposition, if you will. And the roles are slightly 
adjusted according to the necessity of, of the moment, the necessity of service. So everyone is adjusting accordingly so they can render proper service to the necessity of the moment. And we know Gaur Lila is really connected to a real deep necessity. <laughs> As our Guru Maharaj will say, it's the absolute itself in an existential crisis. <laughs> no? Krishna himself doing psychoanalysis. That's Gaur Lila, that's Mahaprabhu. Wondering about himself. Am I who I think I am? I am who everyone thinks, says I am? Which is my, the ultimate reach of myself? Who I am? Who I am? We, 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 we reach the temple asking that. <laughs> we reach the temple asking who I am. And, and, and we eventually discover our deity is asking the same thing. <laughs> and I am to help him s- s- reply to that question. How does it? I mean, oh my gosh. I mean, you really need to get qualified to enter into that realm. Try, try to understand the the level of adhikar that's required to enter into, into Gaur Lila. Mm-hmm. And what to speak specifically about Gaur Gadadar, the interaction between them and how sensitive and delicate are the is emotional content that is happening among themselves. So, again, Tamal Krishna tempted me and now I'm trying to tempt you a little bit more, so hopefully on Friday we are <laughs> properly on fire to continue this discussion. Excuse me, I cannot go more. But, I mean, it will be a nice way of leaving my body. I think if I speak for one more hour, <laughs> I will collapse. <laughs> but it's the best possible way to collapse invoking such a, <laughs> such a topic. Such a topic. That, that's tempting, tempting prospect. <laughs> so, something else? <laughs> I'm still asking if there is something. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> the ones connected here. Anyone to do question here? No. Okay. So we'll can leave, we will leave here and we'll see each other next week. Continue with the remaining two verses from Srinavati Bhavataranga Srila Gurudev Ki Jai Sriman Mahaprabhu Ki Jai Sri Harinam Sankirtan Ki Jai Sri Sri Radha Sarad Bihari Ki Jai Sri Sri Gorgadadar Ki Jai Sri Giriraj Maharaj Ki Jai Nechimha Bhagavan Ki Jai Srila Sutinanamoy Thakur Bhaktinand Ki Jai Gorbhaktavrinda Ki Jai Gorbhaktavrinda Ki Jai